In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and welcome back this week. And I can't believe it's already the middle of January. So now that we have all our New Year's resolutions over with, it's time for us to really reflect on the accomplishments that we want to achieve in 2018. I know I'm doing that. It's time to reflect on what our own development is. I'm reflecting on my own development and what our visions are for the upcoming year. So first, before we start on all that, a good morning, a good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening from. We have listeners from all over the world. And I'd like to take this opportunity today, in the beginning of the year, to reach out to our listeners and to invite them to contact me if they're interested in being guests on the show. If you're a coach, a leader, and a leader evangelist, and a business expert, or you have an expertise in anything to do with leadership or business, then reach out to me. A spot on our show, Leadership Beyond Borders, can help you reach your audience. You can use this podcast on your website. You can live forever on Google Play and iTunes. So if you're interested, go to my website, globalbusinesstherapy.com or leadershipbeyondborders.net and go to the section on Leadership Beyond Borders and see what kind of things we can offer you and what's available. And also reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail. So Leadership Beyond Borders, what is this show about? It's about helping you become aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. We also talk about business issues that leaders need to be aware of in order to lead their businesses successfully in today's global marketplace. Over the past month, We've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence to privacy issues to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career or your business. So please listen to some of those past episodes. And I am sure that each one of you as part of your New Year's resolution, has already downloaded this series and are listening to us weekly. And if you haven't, please do so. It's still the middle of January. You still have time for that New Year's resolution. And I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to get a mail from you. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, if you're in a business owner, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take home something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, what are we going to talk about today? Jobs. I mean, jobs are kind of a must, right? I mean, most of us have them. I'm sure there are some people who don't have to have jobs, but I think most of us have to have a job. But when I think of jobs, I always have this little man in the back of my head, and he always says this, never quit a job before you have another job to go to, or wait till you find a new job, then quit. I think this is something my parents just repeated over and over again when I was younger and when I was getting my first job. And it's pretty sensible advice when you think about it. I mean, it's, it's not hard to stick to. And it, you, we all kind of do that, don't we? I mean, but if you don't find a job before you quit one, then people are saying, oh, my gosh, it's, it's really hard to find a job when you're employed. But isn't it more difficult to stay in a job you don't like? I mean, even how risky it is to go to quit your job before you start another job, it's really hard when you walk into a workplace that really you don't want to be there. 
it kind of makes you sick. You're ready to move on. Now, we move a lot today. The average, we spend an average of only 4.2 years in a job. And to put a stop to all the myths around job hopping, statistics actually prove that the average of 4.2 years is not a big change from 20 years ago. The difference really lies in why people change jobs, not how long they stay in them. And that's what I want to talk about today, how, why we change jobs. Now, today, when we change jobs, we're changing jobs because of different reasons. Employees, employees want different environments. They want to be able to develop themselves. They want to focus on contribution, and they want to be part of a team. If you listen to our episode on December 19th with the Balkshay family, two generation Zers, Zers that are future leaders, they practically told us that. And also today, we want more time. And that's why entrepreneurship is so attractive. Now, let us consider for a minute the more general terms, the reasons why a person may start a business, and it's not about money. Studies have shown that people want to be entrepreneurs because they want to be their own boss, they don't want to work for poor leaders, or they want to manage their own time. And money only comes on the fourth or fifth reason. So this is the new trend, but is it here to say? to stay with us. Well, it's certainly being encouraged and is happening more and more. It began with the millennials and today as Generation Z, Zetters, enter the workplace, we're going to see more and more entrepreneurial jobs and less traditional jobs. And our guest today is going to talk about this trend and how one can actually turn their passion into work. Jim Hughes ran a multi-million dollar engineering firm in Australia before realizing life was too short to do something he was not passionate about. Within a space of six months, he quit his job, started his own business, and now lives nomadically around the world with his partner, Kim. Through eh, Kim, not me, Kim. Okay, <laughs> just to say that. Okay, Jim. Uh, just through, clarify just clarify that. Okay, <laughs> just it's kind of funny that we had the same name there. Okay, so through <laughs> self, just laughing through self awareness, empowerment, and creativity, uh, Jim works one to one with people all over the globe, helping them to lead a life that they've always dreamt dreamt about and getting paid for it. Originally from the UK, Jim has lived everywhere and tried most things from ski instructing and plumbing in Canada to truck driving and running a business in Australia. And he loves nothing more than adventuring, learning and helping others. And he is the owner and founder of The Untamed Entrepreneur. So welcome, Jim. Hello, Kimberly. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. So, Jim, let's just start out. Tell us, tell me a little bit about, you know, this quitting the job. I mean, this is what our parents all told us never to do. I mean, what happened? How did you get the job and what made you do this? It's a good question. I suppose I will start um, by answering how I got the job in the first place, because um, that's a, a fairly interesting tale, at least I think so anyway. Um, I was, uh, like I say, um, living in Australia, and I was working on the mines at the time, um, just behind the bar, just just casual work. I'd only been in the country a, few, a couple of months, and my friend gave me a call. Um, now, just to put it into perspective, I was desperate to, to find a proper job there. Um, i you know, spent my life doing different work, uh, different jobs around different countries and different industries, and I really wanted to find a, a proper career in Australia and get sponsorship. So, so when he called me saying that my uncle has a, uh, as in his uncle, has a potential job for me um, uh, that could get me sponsored, I was all ears. He then described what that job was. Uh, it turned out to be an electrical engineer's role um, in one of the clients that uh, this company had. Um, obviously, I was skeptical. Well, obviously to you, but to me, uh, it, I was skeptical. I've got a degree in politics and, and zero experience in engineering. Um, but he assured me it's something I could probably blag at least for a month, um, and I should give it a go. So, so I had to fly back from the mine I was on the next morning. Um, I had a weekend to learn uh, as much as I could about electrical engineering about this business that I was about to go uh, go headfirst into and about their products and about their software. Um, I, I, yeah, it's probably the most nervous I've ever been. And so there I, I, I showed up to on Monday morning um, and they described the work to me that I was going to be doing. I still didn't understand what it actually was um, and confirmed with me that I'd uh, had I done it before. Yes, of course, I've done it before. Um, I'm as nervous as you can imagine. 
um, somehow managed to become uh, to get through that unscathed and end up staying at that business for eight months. I then was brought back to the main office um, of the company who hired me um, and stayed there for a further three years. Um, moved up from business development manager to operations to basically running the business. Um, but as you had, as you alluded to in the intro, um, you know I, I realised at some point life was too short. The first couple of years were a massive interest to me, a huge learning curve, an amazing opportunity I'd been given. Um, my resume didn't reflect at all the, the job I'd been given, but I wanted to take the opportunity with both hands, and, and it was a huge learning curve for me. Um, but as the learning curve slowed down, my comfort zone kind of grew. Um, I started to get more and more bored and dispassionate about the work I was doing. So, yeah, I realized that um, that there was a time for a change, and I started putting in the, the, the process to, to say, right, well, what is it I want to do next, and, and, and what does that look like, and, and how can I get into it? Mm-hmm. And so when you were when you were doing this, then then did you did it, you have in the back of your head? Oh my gosh, I can't you know quit this job before I have another one. And and um, was that anything you thought about that? It, actually, not really. Um, um, I know that makes me sound like I'm just trying to be too cool for school, but but in reality, <laughs> my part my partner and I had had been um, living frugally. We'd had a great time, but we've been living frugally, and we had some savings um, and. As you, you might be able to tell from the fact that I took the engineering job, I'm not. I don't necessarily see risks in the same way as other people do. Um, for me, if I quit the job um, and tried to start my own business and a new nomadic lifestyle that didn't work, you know, what is the actual cost of that? Um, I was confident mm-hmm. I could get another job. I would learn an absolute load from it, um, and all I all it would cost me is a, is a little bit of money, but but. In the meantime, I would have had an amazing experience and learned an absolute, you know, bucket load of things. So, in terms of a big risk point of view, I didn't, I didn't really see it that way. Um, for me, the, mm-hmm. for me, the risk was if I'm going to do a job, I want to do it right. So the risk was making sure that the thing I decided to do was was directly aligned with with what I'm interested in and what I, uh, I'm good at and what people want to pay me for. And so this process, this process started with getting a little bit of bored and just realizing life was too short. But how how long did it take you in this process, just in your head, before you said, "Okay, I quit"? Um, that's a good question. I, it, sometimes you need external factors to to let you know. Sometimes there's a trigger um, that, that says, "Actually, you know what? I'm not in the right place um, here." Throughout my life, I've always been somebody who likes. To be, you know, I've got a very high standard for what happiness is, and as soon as it, something dips below that, I, I sort of start, start to seek change. So there was um, when I was first working in the role, and I was so so engaged and, and fulfilled by it. I was getting up. I was in the office by half six every morning. I was coming home at four or five o'clock. Um, you know, energized by it and, and loving the challenge and everything else. But as time grew on, um, I realised that I was staying longer and longer in bed. Um, and getting to work later and, and caring mm-hmm. less when I got there. It was the point at which I was still in bed when Kim was actually going out to her job. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a massive difference because in the old days, I was already in the office when she got out of bed. So that was like a huge switch. Was, you know, all those little moments, it sounds a little bit insignificant, but for me it was like, mm-hmm. right, okay, something, something's going to change here. I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't happy enough in what I was doing. And, um mm-hmm. You know, I'd respected the I'd respected the boss and the opportunity I got. So I wasn't just going to. I didn't just turn around to him and say, you know, I quit. I I put things into process in my head. It's like, right, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And when is it going to be? Just so I can make it as fair to the both of us as possible. Mm-hmm. So, in that, that's really interesting because it's, it is it is taking risk and, and and it's kind of what we're we're not taught. And um, in in your teachings, you talk about passion, purpose, and potential, and you talk about the steps that you took to go through this process. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'd, I'd like to hear, you know, why passion, purpose, and potential is so important, and then talk about the process that you actually went through, okay, the process that you went through to, to find what you wanted to do. So we're going to take a short break, Jim. And for our listeners, we're talking with Jim Hughes, the untamed entrepreneur. 
and we were going to heard a little bit of his story and we come back we're going to talk about what he thinks is important in in life and in job and the process he went through if you'd like to reach out to Jim you can reach him at the untamedentrepreneur.com and he's also on LinkedIn and he's on Facebook under the untamed entrepreneur and you can reach him at Jim Hughes at Entrepreneurs Untamed. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders on LinkedIn or our website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Skilled migrants throughout the world can face a variety of challenges. Many times they settle for jobs that are below their skill level because their education and qualifications are not recognized. Do we need local experience in a global world? Join host Alma Besserton for the Global Workplace. We'll explore the issues being faced by migrants, as well as showcase diversity and recognize the leadership and inclusion roles of some of today's top global organizations. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and we are speaking today with Jim Hughes, the untamed entrepreneur. Before the break, we talked a little bit about Jim's story and how he started out in engineering, and then he is now a coach and coaches people about job changes. And he has some really great visions and some advice for us. And Jim, I'd like to, I'd like to talk a little bit about your teachings now, because when you change the job and when you're in your teachings, you talk about the three Ps, okay? Um, and finding passion, purpose, and potential behind whatever you do. Uh, can you talk about why that's so important? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, as I mentioned in the last segment, um, my second point was realizing I, I wasn't passionate enough about, about what I was doing. Um, and I would bet a lot of money that there are a lot of people out there who are sticking to a job despite the fact they're not really passionate about it. And they, and they may not be honest with themselves about that fact. A lot of words out there, you know, like a job is a job and it's not supposed to be fun, but, but I'm a firm believer in that not being the case. Um, mm-hmm. Being passionate about what you do is, is so, and it, it's, a, it's a very often used um, cliche these days, but, but I, don't, I don't think it is a cliche. I think, I think it's crucial. Unless you're excited every morning you wake up um, to get started, um, you know, if that's not the case, you're doing something wrong or you're not, you're not in the right profession or the right, in, or, or the right industry. And, 
when you are in your passionate state, you're more engaged, you're more fulfilled, you're more energetic, you're going to be better at your job, and you're going to have a damn sight more fun doing it. Um, and also, you know, to find that passion, having a purpose, knowing what your purpose is and, and who you're there to serve and, and, and what work it is you should be doing and, and who you want to be adding value to is also crucial um, because once you've got that clear direction, um, you know, you know that there will be tough times, but, but you know at the back of your mind that despite those tough times, you're there, you're serving a bigger purpose and, and you're having better fun for it. Um, and ultimately, both of those things lead to you fulfilling your potential, which for, especially for millennials, but also for, for any other generation in history, really, um, mm-hmm. reaching your potential and feeling you're, you're adding significance and making a difference to other people's lives is, is massively, massively uh, important in, any, in anything you do. And it does. I, I liked what you said about engagement. I mean, you gave the story of you didn't want to get out of bed, okay? And and I mean, engagement is is so important. And and when we start to feel like we're not engaged, then we're probably missing something. We're probably missing this either passion, purpose, or potential. Don't is is that how you see absolutely. it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah abs- absolutely. Unless. You know, it was when it was only once I'd made the change, and I, and I was getting up earlier again and starting the day with energy and getting home energized. That's the difference as well. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I realised that how far I'd come. Um, and you know, the more the, the longer you dig that trench, the harder it is to get out. And that's why people, in uh, you know, as they get older, late thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, the chances of them making that leap and, and starting something fresh are so hard, or so slim, because it's so much harder to get out once they've, once they've got into that rut, if you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like that, I, I, because engagement also, I think we have a lot of leaders out there, and I, I like the way you said that we don't always know that. I mean, we kind of say a job's a job. Um, but as leaders, also, we see people, when they're more engaged, they contribute more, um, their results are better. So, and, and the engagement comes from this passion, purpose, and potential. So I think that's really, really important. But let's go to the process you went through, okay? um, because now you're helping other people go through this process is what you do. And you said you went through some steps okay, um, to actually find out where your passion and your purpose and potential was. How did you, what were those steps and how did you do that? Well, my my steps were were very long, inefficient, and, and drawn out. Um, <laughs> I spent I spent about eighteen months. Um, I've added up the hours. It was probably I think it was about sixty hours of my time, um, and about twenty five thousand dollars on courses, reading books, seminars, going to events on the other side of the world to try and figure out what it is I wanted to do. And when I got to the end of that uh, process, there's a case of right. Okay, I've got to that point, but by God, that was long and expensive and time-consuming. There's got to be an easier way. So I basically looked back on my process, right, what had I done? What lessons have I learned from the books I'd read? You know, what lessons could I learn from other people? And say, right, how, if I was to do it again, um, how would I do it differently? Um, And that's basically the basis of of my mentoring, um, helping people design their own businesses around their passions and purpose and what they're great at, is those is those steps is basically you know how would I do it differently let's let's help other people do those things so the process I now teach people it's a five step process um, mm-hmm. it's not prescriptive it's not you do this you then do this then you do this because everybody's different people's scenarios are different people's knowledge base people's risk tolerance people's financial levels that's all different so applying a prescriptive tool to all of my different clients from different areas in the world and ages that you know that just wouldn't work but Mm-hmm. The, the five pillars of it begin with, firstly, it starts with I, um, and that is the identity phase. So that, for me, self-awareness is, is absolutely crucial. Um, whether you're a leader, whether you're an employee, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you enjoy doing, knowing what gets you in flow is, is absolutely crucial, but especially if you're going to design a business. How can you design a business around what you're great at if you don't know what you're great at? So first thing for me before I do anything is go to a profile tool with them. And I spend a lot of time digging deep into what they're good at, what they love doing, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, how they can leverage their strengths, really importantly, and how they can mitigate their weaknesses rather than the other way around. People spend a lot of time trying to work on their work on their weaknesses and, and make you know everything then be okay at everything, which I think is, is completely out backwards. 
Second stage is Before you go on second, let me just ask a quick quick, quick question on that, because you said something that I I really thought was really interesting, that as we go into establishing our identity, the I, and we, it is very often that we try to look at our weaknesses as opposed to uncovering our strengths, okay? And I heard you just say that you focus on uncovering the strengths. Absolutely. I mean, society, society and institutions have, have trained everyone. The, the military does it. Education system does it. Like, right, you got, you got an A, an A, an A, and an F, right? You know, you should work on the F. You know, how, how are you going right. to get an F up to a C? Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, if you do that, you're going to spend a lot of time and energy to get to a point of only ever being okay. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. there's somebody out there who is absolutely awesome at that thing and loves doing it. So the, yeah. the idea for me is to stay in that flow, flow state as often as mm-hmm. possible, and allow the people around you to stay in theirs. And that's when everyone's going to have a lot more value uh, and have a lot more fun whilst doing it. So for me, that's, that's massive. Very insightful. Okay. And then you said the, sec- the next one was the, the why, the next step? It was why, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, whether you want to call it your why, your purpose, your mission, whatever you want to call that, knowing what that is, Knowing what your true north is, that's another way of putting it, knowing who it is you're there to serve and what value you're there to add is, is, is crucial um, because you can design a great business, but if you're ultimately not adding the value that you want to add and you're not fulfilling what you should be doing, you're not fulfilling like a higher purpose, so to speak, um, then mm-hmm. it's easy to, get, to, get dr- to drift off um, you know, and end up down a different path. So having a true north basically allow, allows you to Stay on one course and, and add, add that value and add the value to those people that you really want to be adding value to. Um, and that's what mm-hmm. provides the, you know, the real fulfillment. That's knowing going home, feeling great about what you've been doing. Um, and then the next step moves into the, uh, you know, overlaps that same stage. The next step is who. So that's who you're serving. Um, who is it that you want to be adding value to? Um, who is it that you want to help? Uh, who is it that you resonate with the most and who resonates with you the most? Um, and I put that step in before we even figure out what the business is, because if you can figure out who it is that you want to serve um, and who would value you the most, then you can design the business, the business around them. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, having that come first, I think, is important. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, because uh, that, that's that's like what a lot of people don't do, isn't it? I mean, this I find this really interesting because it's such it's such great advice. Going from your strength and making your strength into your purpose, okay, and then and then really taking that self reflection and it's almost deciding on who you want to share that with, more or less. It's it's who yeah. you know who who's going to value that. Is, is, am yeah, I seeing that correctly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, so much of it comes down to, you know, what personal journeys have you been through? Um, Because a lot of people's missions and a lot of people who, you know, when they realize who they want to serve and how they want to serve them, it comes as a result of a journey they've been on, a huge life lesson they've learned. So, you know, weight loss programs so often are are run by people who have have lost, you know, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, and they, they want to help other people do the same thing. My business is helping people go through the journey that I went through, but making it quicker and easier and cheaper for them. So when you know the who and the why, that's when things can start getting crystal clear. And then yeah. you design what that business actually looks like. Mm-hmm. I think it's it Seth Godin that says, um, find a product for your customer, not a customer for your product, um, uh-huh. which, is something yeah. I, which is something I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. also what, what that means is that every time you come home at night, you know, you added value to the people you want to add value to. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is true when you think about you think about the businesses, the entrepreneurships out there. It is it is about you know sharing the experience, sharing the journey, and and finding people that'll value. And then that that sounds like those first steps sound like like the hardest part, to be honest with you. Um, and then and then you said the last step, the last step, the last two steps were they design your business, and that was the fourth step. And what was the fifth step? Yeah, so the fourth is what, and the fifth is how. So it's only at the fourth mm-hmm. step I start getting into the actual business. What does that business look like? Um, how can it be structured? What are you adding? Is it a product? Is it a service? Is it one-on-one? Is it group? Is it, you know, international? Is it local? Is it brick and mortar? Is it online? And then, and then the final step is the how, um, and that's, you know, how are you going to structure it? How is it going to be delivered? 
uh, and all and all the nitty gritty. But um, but for me, like those those early steps are are the most important. And the way most people do it is is flip that on that process on its head. And they say, right, what business mm-hmm. shall I start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They start backwards. They start the wrong way. Yeah. Exactly. So um, j- just to repeat, so you're you're getting you're finding your identity, you're finding your self awareness, and then making, you know, it's finding a purpose and sharing that purpose with people who would value that. And then the last two steps are kind of the business plan, more or less. Yeah. Exactly. So in 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 short, is I, why, who, what, how. Mm-hmm. That's, that's by far the easiest way of remembering it. Um, yeah. And yeah, basically the business, the, the personal stuff is first and the business stuff comes last. Okay. And, and you, that's great advice, but you talk also a little about uh, having um, a good level of alignment. Okay. Uh, could you just um, quickly, b- before our break, talk to us about what, what you mean by having a good level of alignment and why it's important? Yeah. So uh, um, I suppose the easiest way of, of putting it quickly would be, how different are you at the weekends? If you have a nine to five, how different are you at the weekends to when you're in your place of work? Mm-hmm. Um, do you act differently? Um, do you utilize different skill sets? Um, do you behave differently? Do you do different tasks? Um, are you happier? Are you sadder? Like, what's the difference? The, the bigger the gap is between the weekend stuff and the work stuff, to me, that's it. But you know, I call that my alignment, a misalignment. And the bigger that misalignment mm-hmm. is, I believe the generally unhappier you are. Uh, and uh-huh. so what I try and do is, clo- is close that gap between how you act um, and the tasks you perform when you're at work versus when you're at home. Mm-hmm. Really good point, because I think a lot of people don't think about that because, um, you know, I like the comparison between what you do at home and what you do at work and then aligning those two. And if they're not aligned, then... Maybe you're not exactly living your passion, but I'd like to, I'd like to come back to, to that, um, and I'd like to come back uh, to about how important relationships and support in this whole process is. But we're going to take a, a quick break first, Jim. And um, for our listeners, we are talking with Jim Hughes, the Untamed Entrepreneur. And you can reach out to Jim on his website at theuntamedentrepreneur.com. Um, he's also on LinkedIn. You can reach him under Facebook under The Untamed Entrepreneur. And if you want to send him an email at Jim Hughes at Entrepreneurs Untamed. He is a, a life and executive coach and the owner and CEO of his business. And I am Kimberly Lewis, a leadership trainer and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusiness.therapy. And with that, we will be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics 
spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's business channel. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis. And today we are speaking with Jim Hughes, the untamed entrepreneur life and executive coach. And before the break, we talked about um, the process Jim figured out for himself as he went through the process of of making his passion into his job and how he helps others. And we talked about the five steps that we go through, Jim, with the I, the why, the who, the what, and the how. And I asked you a little bit about alignment before before the break. And um, why alignment was so important. And, and you answer that, you know, if you're, if you're somebody different um, at home and in work, then it's off kilt somehow. It's just not a hundred percent. So how, how do you improve that alignment and how do you recognize that? Well, the first, uh, the first step I would say is, is self-awareness again. I think it, it all starts in self-awareness. Um, actually, no, no, I'll, I'll add one in before that. First step is, is admitting it, is, is realizing that, you know, you are this different person. A lot of people don't even ask themselves the question because they're afraid of the answer. They don't have people mm-hmm. around them who, who say, you know what, you know, you used to be like this and, and now you, you know, kind of seem a bit like this. You know, where's that, where's that gap come from? Um, so the first step is knowing, is admitting, like like they always say when getting over these issues. Um, and the second step then comes into self-awareness, knowing knowing yourself, knowing what makes you tick, knowing the tasks you want to be for, uh, performing, knowing the roles you want to be playing, knowing the people you want to be surrounded by and the activities you want to be doing. Uh, and when you've got an idea of, of, of those things, then you can t- actually take stock and say, right, well, this is what I like doing, and this is what I'm currently doing in my work. Um, and you can actually spot the difference there. Um, I, do, I do actually have a, a, a test on my website that allows you to, to figure that stuff out yourself. Uh, it's a series of questions, and, uh, and you can obviously provide the answer that suits you the most. And it comes up with a score, and basically the, the lower the score, the, the bigger the misalignment between, between the work and the life situation. Um, but knowing yourself and knowing where it is you can, you can make changes is the first step. I'd, I'd like to interject for a minute on that. I took the test, and I'd like yep. to urge our, our, our listeners to go to the website and take the test. I thought it was excellent. Um, I came oh, out pretty excellent. okay. Okay, but there's always room for improvement. <laughs> but um, really, listeners, cool. go on to go on to Jim's website and take that test. It's it's really quite helpful and quite reflective. Okay. And, and after you do that, then, you know, my, my experience was after I did that, you know, where maybe there was something a little bit off balance, it, it made me think about, hmm, you know, why is this? Was that kind of the purpose behind this? Yeah, exactly. Basically, all it's doing is nothing, it's not a genius. It's not, a lot of the coaching I do isn't, isn't anything, isn't anything um, you know, original or, or genius level. It's basically asking questions asking questions for you that you don't normally ask, you, ask yourself and, and, and pushing you to be honest. And that's what the work-life alignment test does. It asks you questions that you don't normally ask yourself. And you go, actually, you know what? Yeah, that is the case. When, and, you know, a lot of the time you just need to think of it and then you realize it's the case all along. But if you never had that dialogue yourself, then, then it's something you might never figure out, especially if you haven't yeah. got people around you who, who push you in that direction like a lot of people haven't. And, and that's important. P- people around you. I'd like to, to go into that. How how important are are support networks, um, positive support networks, and then also, I mean, negative ones? Because because you know those both positive and negative 
relationships can affect us in this whole thing. How important are those? Um, probably the biggest, the biggest single influencer in people achieving anything big in terms of making a big change from, you know, obviously in my capacity, it's making a big change from being an employee in a business to, to having your own business. The single biggest influencer, I believe, is, is the environment you keep. Um, the people you spend your time with, the books that you read, the podcasts that you listen to, the radio shows that you listen to, that all creates your environment. Um, and if your environment is not conducive to where you want to go, then you've got so much less chance of achieving what you want to achieve than if, it, than if it's positively designed with that in mind. Um, and the biggest part of, the, of your environment is the people you spend your time with. Um, I wish I could remember who said the quote, but you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And when I first heard that, it was like, right, okay, that, that was quite a big statement. It's quite a bold, you know, bold statement. So I, so I did an analysis of, of who it is I spend my time with. Um, and realized there was there was people in there that were negative, um, that no matter what goals you set, what, what comments you'd come up with, would always criticize or would put you down. And basically what they're doing is they're imposing their reality and their limiting beliefs on you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's massive. So all, all of those things, their inputs, and, and they your inputs are what lead to your thoughts, which leads to your feelings, which leads to your beliefs, which then leads to your actions. So if you can start tailoring those inputs to align with where you want to go, um, then that's massive. And if you can start that by, by it sounds brutal, but ditching, ditching a couple of friends who are, have always been negative influence on you, um, mm-hmm. that's a huge first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, ne- that neg- negative energy really, it, it can really zap you down quite a bit. So uh, that's a really good advice. And, you know, I was reading one of your ramblings, and I, I had to laugh about this, and I, I just I just like to hear your comment on it. Um, because I was thinking about the people, you know, who I hang around of, and one of your ramblings said that you never really get to know anybody until they get pissed. Okay, so what was? I just <laughs> want to your comment on that. Uh, uh, you get them pissed. I wanted to yeah, to hear your comment on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Just just to clarify for the uh, for the North American audience, that pissed as in the English and European sense, which is to get drunk, not to get, get angry. Drunk. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so just just clarifying that. Because I'm aware there's a cultural difference there. Um, yeah, no, I, I wrote that. It was a, tongue, a tongue-in-cheek comment, uh, but very true still about um, an experience I had when I was a ski instructor in Whistler, and I was, I was, you know, instructing these um, sometimes multi-millionaires, but very high net worth individuals who were running hedge funds and, and managing banks and all that kind of stuff, and I was getting paid about nine dollars an hour. Um, um, I was having an absolutely fantastic time. Um, doing what I love doing and, and spending my days with, with interesting new people. Um, and throughout the day, they'd talk about their job and, you know, they wouldn't necessarily talk about their income, but they, you know, they would, they would appear to be perfectly happy individuals and, and loving life and, and appreciating the fact they could come on holiday to Whistler for two weeks of the year and then, and then spend 60 hours a week in the office for the rest of the time. Um, but then what I loved doing with when I was instructing was to take these guys out for beers afterwards. Um, that was where I got my enjoyment from more than the actual instructing was, was getting to know these people over a few pints later on. And, uh, and yeah, it was only after a few pints that the truth started coming out. And they said, oh, you know, I wish I was doing what you're doing. And my job is awesome. I've got loads of money, but I've got no time to spend it. And, and I've got, you know, my family's uh, not falling apart the scenes necessarily, but it's tricky. There's relationship strains there. There's this and that and the other. So, so that's, where, that's where they comment about, you know, that's when the truth comes out. Everyone's got a facade. Everyone, especially yeah. when they've spent, you know, probably tens of thousands of, of pounds or dollars getting trained up in a profession and then, and then thousands of hours um, getting to the level of expertise and mastery. Um, that yeah. facade needs to be thicker because they've got, they've, got they've got an image they need to protect and, and a narrative they need to fulfill. So it's only when you get, it's only when you get some beers and then that, that, that falls apart and you hear <laughs> the truth. <laughs> and that, and that, that's funny. I just had to laugh when I read that. And then, I mean, it goes right back to what you said in the beginning about, about you know, passion and purpose and, and, and finding what you want and the fact that so many of us actually stay in jobs because, you know, it's a job and, and we think we have to instead of just being creative and trying to get out of that box and, and find something else. But you, you help people do that. Um, so let's just talk about some of the people you've worked with. Okay. And, um, and how, how do you 
help them create a detailed vision of the future, okay? Because you've worked with all kinds of people from um, quite a few uh, in, in, in uh, the military I've seen on your website. Um, yeah. how, how do you, who do you work with and how do you help them create that vision for the future? Well, yeah, like you say, my um, my list of clients, my current client list is, is quite varied. There's, I think, there's a 35-year um, age gap between the youngest and the oldest. There's they're from three different countries, and they're from a whole different variant in terms of skill set and um, and net worth and and you know desires for where they want to go, um, which is what I love so much having that variety and those different people. Just having our skin stripping, I suppose, um, and that's obviously a challenge, but but also um, a brilliant opportunity all at the same time. Um, you know, when you work with somebody and you dig deep into their self awareness, which is like I said, what what we do at the beginning, that's when you start getting an idea of of what it is that makes them tick, what they want to achieve in their life, um, and when, once they know that, and that's something we work on together. Um, as part of the first step is, you know, we come up with what's called a future vision. And I, I've got a template, which I give these guys and girls. Um, and it's, it helps them break down their life where they want to be in 12 months or, or three years or five years and, and covers topics like, you know, where do you want your business to be? What customers do you want to have? Um, what about your family relationships? What about your health and wellness? What about your adventure, your experiences, the music that you listen to, the mentors you have in your life, the people you mentor. So we get really specific and break people's lives down um, in terms of what they want to achieve and where they want to go. And we put specific figures to it. And that, that triggers your reticular activating system and, and basically helps your brain start to say, right, okay, this has been hardwired now. This is what I want to do. And then we can reverse engineer that and say, right, well, you know, what do I have to do? What steps do I need to take to get to that point? And when you've got that really clear vision, just like having a very clear mission, um, you can you can stay on your on your path um, a lot more steadfastly, I suppose, um, and not get blown off course and not get disheartened or, or you know take opportunities that might not be conducive with where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And when you're working this future vision, I have have a really important question. Do you see what? I mean, this is the first generation, first time we have four generations working in the workplace. Okay. Um, you know, and I'm kind of on the Generation X um, gasp there. Is Do you see differences? I mean, you know, is it, do people think it's, oh, it's too late if I'm a baby boomer to, to work on this? Or if it's too late if I'm a general, Generation X or the millennials? I mean, they're kind of in the middle of having families right now and, and kind of in jobs. What do you see generationally? Is it is it different how you work with different generations? Uh, yes, I mean the clients that come to me are, are more narrowly divided than, than general society. Obviously, they've, they've come to me because they've ticked certain boxes and they want to make that change. Yeah. But from from society as a whole, yeah, there's there's huge differences. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a millennial. I'm sort of an old fashioned millennial in the sense that you know lots of what I believe, but but, I, but there is huge overlaps there. Um, and my parents are both in their late sixties. And so they're obviously very much baby boomers. And whilst they are fairly progressive, there's still fundamental differences between the, between the two. Um, mm-hmm. So they're basically, every generation is, you know, fits into a, a, a stereotype, an idea of what their peer groups and societies, government institute, institutions at that time um, sort of, led people to believe or, you know, societal perceptions of what you were supposed to be doing or what you, what, and what you shouldn't be doing um, based on, you know, what's gone before them. So obviously the, the baby boomers had very different uh, priorities to, to the priorities the millennials have. Baby boomers had, you know, World War II Britain to deal with or World War II um, fallout to deal with. They had, they had, mm. Some of them had, had rationing early on. Um, you know, going out and getting a, a get, getting sort of flash perks with a job and, and achieving fulfillment and then giving back and everything else wasn't necessarily achievable. It was a case of just mm-hmm. getting through it and getting over the austerity and everything else. Um, and there was a general societal idea that I've learned that uh, of baby booms in particular. You basically, yeah. if you want something, do it, you do it yourself. Why would you pay somebody else? Um, which mm-hmm. obviously goes, um, goes completely opposite to, to the mantra that I espoused before, which is, you know, 
stick to your flow and, and pay somebody else to do something if they love it and stick to what you're good at. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's huge fundamental differences there. And yeah, whilst yeah. most baby boomers think a certain way, there are there are many now that are coming to the retirement age. Um, and there's a guy who teaches a course called Design Your Life at Stanford University. I think Bill Burness, his name is, and, and he he helps a lot of people in their 50s and 60s and 70s have, have what they call an encore career. Mm-hmm. So there, there, yeah. there are people out there who are like, you know what, Absolutely. I never achieved the fulfillment thing. I never went that so far, I wanna... um, so it's not, but it's not too late. Yeah, it's not too late to do it now. So that Jim, this has been super, and um, I'd, I'd kind of like to to wrap up today um, with a little advice for our listeners. And um, if you had, if you had one thing in general to say to everybody out there about following your passion and or and you know getting in contact with you and and you know doing what they want to do, what would you tell them? Um, I'd say, obviously, I'm more than happy to be contacted, um, but but my overriding message would be, if you want to make a, a fundamental change, start getting very clear on what it is that you enjoy doing, um, what you're good at, and then work very hard to plan where you want to go and design your environment to be conducive with that. So yeah. um, work out who, who it is you want to surround yourself with, what books you should read, and, and really, really, really get deep on it and absorb all of that content. Um, because that will change your viewpoints on things, that will change your thoughts, and that will ultimately change to, to the actions you take. Um, so, yeah, work out, get self-aware, and also, and also create that environment around you that's, that's going to help you get there. And, and I think that is absolutely fantastic advice as we start 2018 and we reflect on our own development and our own visions and we try to create our own visions for the future. So, Jim, with that advice, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And for our listeners, we have been speaking with Jim Hughes, the untamed entrepreneur. Please reach out to him on his website, theuntamedentrepreneur.com. He's on LinkedIn, on Facebook, under The Untamed Entrepreneur. And you can also reach him at Jim Hughes at, uh, sorry, this one, uh, the email address is Jim Hughes at Entrepreneur Untamed. So I hope you have enjoyed your show. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert. And as we wrap up today... I would just like to reflect on a couple of things that Jim said. I think, I think the, the passion, the purpose is, is absolutely important. And I think Jim made some very good points that sometimes we get stuck. Um, we think a job is a job and it's really good for us to think out of the box. And it's also very good for us as leaders to watch our employees and make sure they are engaged and they do have passion. So please contact me. I'm Kimberly Lewis, and you can reach me at globalbusinesstherapy.com. I'm available for motivational speaking, executive coaching, leadership training, and systemic team coaching. And visit my website at globalbusinesstherapy or leadershipbeyondborders.net. Once again, Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Theory and the Win-Wins Leadership Academy 2020. Now, get online right now. Send me some information. Tweet with us. And until next week, my leadership advice today is what Jim has said. Follow your passion and you will enjoy your job. So until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.